I'm Karen. And I'm Lauren. And this is Downstage Left, a theater podcast where we talk a little, laugh a lot, and know nothing. <laughs> was that right? That was right. And sure. I just I got I know I had to think about it after I said it. Dude, I got giggles immediately because like the last episode we just did when you were like, Hi Lauren, and I was like, that's not Sure. I I biffed <laughs> it. Close. We literally have started like thirty plus episodes the same exact way at this point. And I like had a stroke and forgot. So anyway, uh, Lauren, how are you doing? Good. I have I have a shout out to give at the top of this episode. Okay, great. Um, mainly because I talked to my friend about this, and then he has religiously started listening to the oh, podcast. Okay. So Appreciate my buddy that. Terry, yeah, you you know Terry, right? I yeah. yeah. So he has started listening, and he'll like come at me at rehearsal because he's in Mamma Mia with us also, and he'll just like mention things that we say on the pod that I'm like, oh. Hey, sure. so I'll be like, you didn't know Alex Brightman until Beetlejuice? And I was like, no, nah, man, I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, sure. It's a good reference. Uh, my favorite part from that episode, and listeners were talking about the uh, review episode that just went up, uh, is that we say IE no, no. so many times over and over Different, and over. different episode. We were talking, we did the School of Rock episode. Oh, School of Rock, sure. Yeah. But say, I mean, also the review episode where we say IE a hundred times. Sure. Um, Alex Brightman's in that episode, too. We so. do talk about him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, so thanks okay, for listening, good. Terry. Uh, okay. Uh, so today we are going to, uh, continue our quest for Sierra Bagas to notice us. Sierra! Uh, and we're kind of going back to like her OG, like Broadway time, uh, potentially uh, a show she's, aside from like Phantom of the Opera, maybe best known for. Yeah. Uh, and that is The Little Mermaid. Here it is. This is like, I feel like this is one of the bigger, like, more mainstream shows that we've covered. I mean, we've covered oh, some for sure it stuff, is. But no, uh, like mainstream newer, like yeah. Phantom and like some of those shows are cats. older, like yeah, cats, I guess. <laughs> but like those kind of have a real like '90s feel, and this one was like obviously a little bit newer. Um, it is based on the beloved Disney animated film um, during what I like to call this was like during the Renaissance, the like Disney Renaissance. Mm-hmm. It's Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. Just all bangers. sure, all the good ones, and then it, it before Disney like tapered off into like crap. Anyway, oh. uh, no, I have strong feelings about this. Um, I think some of the things they're doing now are fine, but some of it is no. Not but fine. this was like during like also like Pocahontas and like really oh, yeah, uh, yeah. all the songs you like all the music that I think Disney weirdly is really well known from from that era that still endures. Yeah, um, is kind of from this. So uh, the it's based on the Hans Christian Andersen about a mermaid. Although <laughs> go read that one; Taking it's real some different. Yeah, that real story. different. I tried um, to tell some of my students about how that story actually ends. Sure, and they were like shook. <laughs> sure, <laughs> what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Google it once. It's wild, um, you guys. Friends, if you don't know, the Hans Christian Andersen versions of a lot of the it's beloved dark. fairy tales that you know were meant as cautionary tales and are very, very dark. Disney Scary. did not go that route with many of them. So No, they gave cool. you hope. They were like, you can change everything about yourself for a man and he will love you. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh The book is by Doug Wright, music by Alan Menken, and lyrics by Howard Ashman. Um, and they're, you know, the classic Macon and Howard Ashman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then additional lyrics by Glenn Slater. And it is, we're, we're gonna talk about it. So, <laughs> here we um, go. Sure. The Little Mermaid had a pre Broadway tryout in Denver, um, July to September of 2007, and then started previews on Broadway November of 2007, replacing Disney's Beauty and the Beast. It officially opened in January 2008 and would close on August. 
2009 after 685 performances and 50 previews. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the Broadway debut for director Francesca Zambello and Sierra Bagas as Ariel. So it was her uh, Broadway debut. Which I didn't know. I don't know. For some reason, I thought maybe she had done other things before she was Ariel. But Negative. That was her first one. You go, girl. Um, it's This is an interesting thing. It obviously... Uh, this was also right around the time when um, Beauty and the Beast and Lion King were coming to Broadway. Mm. And obviously, like, Lion King, still going. Love it. Um, Love to see it. Correct. And so it was like, it was, you know, just whatever. Um, it, it was, it, it made sense as the next one to adapt. Yeah. Um, and so that was it. Um, originally, director-choreographer Matthew Bourne was to helm the musical, but he left when his their visions of the project differed. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, if you do not know who Matthew Bourne is, he's, I think, very UK, very England. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Schwindy and I maybe have talked about this on a previous show, and I will maybe do one of his. He is a choreographer, so very well known for his dancing and interpreting classic ballets into, like, new things. Fun. Um, I find him pretentious as hell. <laughs> um, he adapted Carmen, like, uh, the oh, opera the Carmen, opera, yeah. but did it as a, with the music of Bizet, but, like, did the, like, did a dance version of it, basically. Cool. But then, in a quote from that, was like, oh, uh, I don't even know anything about Carmen. I guess I know it's music, but that's not what mine is about. And it's like, uh, you're so right. full of shit. Fine. Of course you know about it. And of course you did some research. And if <sighs> you didn't, you're an asshole. Um, so I'm glad he didn't get to helmet because I don't love him. Sure. Um, Forget you, Matthew Bourne. So sorry. No offense to you, Matthew. No, all the offense. I don't like you. I think you're weird. He if has you listen, a- stop right now, Matthew Bourne. Like, sure. We don't if want you, you listening to our podcast. If you go on to Broadway HD, <laughs> there's a bunch of things. He's got like his own version of like an all male Swan Lake. Oh, He's got up. a Cinderella where um it's like but the ballet Cinderella but it's like based in like World War Two. He has this Carmen, although it's called Car Man. No. Um Nope, that's dumb. Sure. It's an interesting Stupid. time. Um no. but like beloved, I believe, across the pond. Whatever. Uh anyway, he didn't get to do it. They approached Francesca Zambella and um she has she had a really deep um, experience with like opera but like fantastical and obviously to create this like the challenge of this and potentially why it did not do as well as like a lion king or a beauty and the beast is it primarily listeners if you're familiar it takes place underwater <laughs> i was gonna say the water might be correct <laughs> so it's definitely like obviously very was very hard to do and so uh the design team consisted of george uh Seidpin for Sets, Natasha Katz for lighting, and Tatiana Nojanova for costumes. Sure, sorry, (laughs) your name is difficult. Eastern European. Um, (laughs) And they had all worked with her before, but basically, you know, they had to, like, figure out how to make this, and they used a lot of, like, translucent pieces. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's cool. Like, it's definitely a cool way to do it. Like, the Broadway is, like, here's the thing, though. Um, you need to have like Disney money behind you, I think, to be able to yeah. do this show because of the technical aspect in which the world is created. And I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, into it. Yeah. Um, I don't agree. I don't disagree with that, though. I think that's a good point is because it, the logistics of being underwater for like yeah. the entire show. Well, and it's really just difficult. like, you know, there's a tendency for the the problem is like even and this was like revolutionary when the animated movie came out it was like gorgeous to look at yeah and now we're used to like a finding nemo that's even like more like underwater looks real and it's like oh my god we're there but you know to recreate that in a real way but like 
on land on a stage i think is very difficult mm-hmm. um steven muir who was the choreographer uh worked with uh the actors for movements and things like that um the actors all wore heelys to create that like gliding across the stage which kind of i thing. have seen clips of and that's the thing i think yep. is the silliest part of this whole thing well is the heelys is like Okay, I that's that's where I can't really get past it. It's like, yeah. man, that looks silly. But well, and go. they here's the thing: they did do like, to their credit, to solve the problem of like the motion of walking versus like swimming. Yeah, it's an okay solution. Sure. Um, the cool thing, and one and Sierra Bagas has said in uh, interviews, one of the reasons she thinks not that she got it, but like she was an ice skater and still is an ice skater. Um, ah. and so when she got put on basically heelys, which are like surely not like a rollerblade or anything like that but similar she already was very comfortable like gliding around and also just that movement and arm control and all the things that come with ice skating translated very well so she thinks that's something where uh you know that helped her maybe get the part Mm. um that makes sense they also had their in the original tryout they had a mechanical motor in the tails to make them articulate like very animatronic but they were too heavy and like couldn't work and so they were scrapped and then basically the tails were connected to hips by like wires so that when you move the tails moved which is kind of cool okay um okay so uh sure they didn't do so great later on it would go there's a reimagining of this show that i think is the one that exists now um and is licensable that saw a lot of different changes and we'll talk a little bit about that i've worked Um, on that version of this show because a few years ago yeah Um, it's uh you know it's (laughs) it's fine I don't know. Um, yeah, they added that song, Daddy's Little Angel, which yeah. is, like, weird, but I, if you do it right, it's cool. Well, they cut... It's interesting because they cut the character of Carlotta, which was, like, friend... To, like, Ariel's, like, maid friend, I believe. Oh. And then um, they gave all her lines to Grimsby, which is interesting. Sure, they made choice. Flounder a teenager and then, like, made him in love with her a no, little bit. No, that's creepy and, and I And it's don't weird. Like it. It's so weird because you're also like, but you're a fish. And also, mm, too usually... Too young for her. There's well, like that's a boner the, joke in there somewhere. Sure. Yeah, and that's the good. thing is like, Flounder's still being played by a 16-year-old, but like, let's be real, Ariel's being played by like, a 25-year-old person. Like, yeah. it's just, it it's was weird. Um, and then, um, sure, I didn't enjoy that. Uh, and it's gone on to a couple other, it, you know, like I said, Broadway for a little while. Uh, it went on tour. It went on a postponed tour in 2010, um, and just it never happened. And then regional Canadian and U.S. productions. Um, it's been in a bunch of different places, like most Disney things. Mm-hmm. Um, most recently, Finland. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Here we go. On to the synopsis. Here we are. Um, it begins. Sure, it begins in the Prince Eric. His nautical expert, pilot, and advisor, Grimsby, and sailors are all aboard a ship at sea discussing the mythical merfolk that supposedly live under the sea. Grimsby wants Eric to return to court to fulfill his birthright as king. However, Eric hears a beautiful voice and commands it to be followed. Fathoms below. That's kind of a fun song, though. It is. It's not a bad opener. I like that song. Uh, The cool thing I also like about the production is the way they do the ship is that it is lowered from, like, it's not on stage, but it's lowered in. Um, 
and then they're on it and then has like ropes where the sailors are climbing up and down but it allows the production to do cool things so that when you go underwater the ship flies out and so it looks like you're going oh, like it's going see, down. I see, I see. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Neat. And just in, in a way too, where you don't have the weird cumbersome of like having to get a giant ass ship on stage. Roll it on. Yeah, like, yeah, I got roll, you. Roll, 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 roll. Yeah. So <laughs> you um, the casters. Correct. <laughs> where, and, and also like the scene change where it's cool because it necessitates you know the scene change from potentially when you're on the surface to underwater. It's very seamless where people can start coming out as the ship flies out. Oh. So it's like a nice transition too from like a technical point of view. That's fun. Uh, a thing that I think about potentially more often than you. I don't yes. know. No, definitely. <laughs> sure. I mean, <laughs> I'm I, like, cool. Yeah. Where you're like, cool. And I'm like, no, but like technically, oh my it's God, really it saves cool. you all this time. No, I mean, cool. since running a middle school program, I do think about tech stuff, but from a standpoint of like, what's approachable for sure. eighth graders? <laughs> sure, sure. On my uh-huh. cafeteria stage. Uh, yeah. On my cafeteria stage. Um, <laughs> here's my only, the funny thing about this show is, you know, the Disney shows do such a good job, I think, of recreating the animated people that we know, right? Yeah. So, like, in this version, Sierra Bagus wears a dope Ariel red wig, and she looks like Ariel, right? Yep, yep, yep. Here's the confusion to me in the show about Prince Eric. Arguably one of the hottest princes, like, it, right? Like, just, like, kind of known. Yes. No, he is the hottest prince. I'm sure. sorry. And I will fight I disagree, anyone. But no. I don't think he's the hottest, but I, I do. But he he's, like, universally considered, like, yeah. everybody's like, Prince Eric. Yeah. Hey, it was maybe some people's, like, sexual awakening. I don't know. Sure. That's, okay. Sure. That's a different podcast. <laughs> that's but, a different conversation. Um, that's the fan fiction podcast. Yep. Um, we'll but, come back to that one later. All right. But, every, like, he's just, like, he's drawn hot. very hot. Yeah. Um, for some reason, in the Broadway show, oh, no. they give him a ponytail. No. They give him a little, no, no, like, no. colonial-based ponytail. No. And I'm like, I hate everything why? about that. He's the, part of his hotness is, like, good hair. The hair. And I'm like, no. Ponytail. Sure. Isn't that, like, a sad time? No, I time? really don't care for that. I didn't and know it's that. The, it's the little, like, colonial one at the base no, of no, your no. neck. No, no, no. I can see it. Sure. I, I have it in my head. I hate everything about it. I um, I will like try, to, listeners, no. uh, I will try to find a picture and post <laughs> it with this episode Please on Instagram. Don't. But, um, so that's, like, honestly, <sighs> I'm gonna be honest, it's sad. Um, sure. Okay, so the ship flies out with all the sailors on it, Sweet. which is also kind of cool that it's got people that, on like, it. The people are there and yep. it's flying. That's and amazing. it flies out. Uh, and we are now thrust into deep on the ocean floor in the Merfolk Kingdom, yeah. a concert in honor of the thwarted coup d'etat by the sea witch Ursula is underway, performed by the daughters of Triton, the sea king. King Triton's court composer, Sebastian the Crab, has composed a song for the girls to perform, Daughters of Triton. I love that they are like, Sebastian is a composer. Because, like, in the sure. movie, like, he's just there. Sure. <laughs> like, what's he's like an role? advisor yeah. and, like, in charge of music. He's just, like, there. I, I dig it. And I love that they've expanded the daughters in this. I just, it's Sure. So they're pretty snarky, which is, like, a fun time. And this yeah. is, like, adult. This is the exact song from the movie where it's, like, oh, it's so they sing their names and stuff. Um, how, and, yeah. yeah. And then they get to it and they're like, and our youngest. Ariel, and she's not there. She ain't there. Um, however, the youngest daughter, Ariel, is not there for her solo, bringing the concert to a halt. Oh, Ariel no. has forgotten about the concert and is swimming around the surface, admiring new items, a new item for her collection, a fork. <laughs> Just sure. imagine being dis- distracted by a fork. A fork. <laughs> uh, she reveals that she is fascinated with the human world in a song called The World Above, uh, together with her best friend Flounder, in this version, still like a child, mm-hmm. um, 
Ariel visits Scuttle and his fellow seagulls to ask about the human things she's collected, and he explains that somewhat erroneously human stuff. Uh, and much like the beloved cartoon, Scuttle is a friggin' idiot and is like, <laughs> oh, this is a this, and they sing a song, and it's honestly like a nightmare. So many birds on stage. Um, <laughs> What else? Oh, the birds. I have a I have a student that's con- doing uh, a condensed version of this for competition this weekend. Okay. And uh, her Scuttle character is just the, the best thing about everything that she's doing. Sure. She's just like flopping around the space. It's like so cute. Um, Very nice. Sure. Uh, elsewhere, Ursula is seeking revenge against her brother, King Triton. She is banished from the palace for using black magic and tells her minions, Flotsam and Jetsam, to keep an eye on Ariel, whom she thinks will be the key to getting the crown... Uh, and Trident. I want the good times back. Um, so this is an interesting, kind of an interesting thing about Trident and Ursula that I think was maybe fixed later, but like um, they wheel him out on like a big thing, and then she is also wheeled out on like a big thing and has these big uh, like tentacles that come out, yeah. and she comes down. Um, the two, Flutsam and Jetsam are like uh, very much in the in the movie, except they talk obviously in this one, yeah. and they get some more songs. They sing a little bit more. They do. It's um, nice. and she like bosses them around. Um, she is played by Sherry Renee Scott, and oh, I should I mention Triton is played by Norm Lewis. Who oh, I didn't know that. Would then go on to be in Phantom with Sarah Bogus. Oh, get as out. Christine. Oh no, that's weird. I don't like it. Correct. So oh. like from daddy to daddy. Whoa, I guess. whoa, whoa. Right. No, um, no. So that's like a fun time. Um, Why and would then, you say it like that? Well, because that is basically <laughs> bro. Because so I'm not wrong. Uh, <laughs> and then Prince Eric was played by Sean is played by Sean Palmer. Okay. Um, cool. And Sebastian is Titus Burgess who you put, if you Titus don't know Burgess, Titus Burgess yeah. from uh, like Broadway stuff. He was in um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yep. Oh man, I was he is say so good in that show. Correct. I could listen. We need to do an episode about that show. Sure. And how he is in it because there's one episode of that show that I think was just comedy gold. Sure. That's and then all. we'll get to this, but Carlotta is played by Heidi uh, Blinkenstaff, who she's been oh. in a bunch of stuff too. Yeah. Um, but that is just so your brain she, can like picture people. Heidi, she uh originally in something rotten. I think so. And yeah. she was original Catherine in Freaky Friday. Yeah. I listened she, to her voice. She, a that's lot. why I said it, this, <laughs> the funny. This is like one of those things where this wasn't a flop necessarily, but like I guess by Disney standards, where it didn't run for like a hundred years, it only ran for a year, but it had an amazing, like a pretty amazing cast. Yeah. Um. Big so. Yeah. 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 Uh. Okay. So. Uh, they sing I want the good times back when Ariel returns home wait a minute hold for a minute I just had this remembrance where I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong and maybe you don't know but I think in one of the earlier versions of this adaption uh, they are not siblings Ursula and Triton they are like ex-lovers or something oh am I making that up yeah What the? Uh, where did I get that? Then? Sure, I don't know. Okay, you, I don't know. Maybe there's like another version of like you know how Disney like to do like weird sequel TV shows and stuff. Maybe sure, I'm making that up too. Okay, I swear to God, I remember that from something. Whatever. All right. Okay. Uh, when Arrow returns home, King Triton is angered to learn that she's been on the surface and reprimands her. Uh, <laughs> this. <laughs> Sometimes Wikipedia is funny. King Triton is xenophobic towards humans, (laughs) which I guess is correct. It's not wrong, but it's just such a funny use of that word. Where where instead of just being like, he doesn't like humans, he's fearful of them or whatever. He's xenophobic toward them, but that's fine. Um, He believes them to be nothing but savage fish eaters. And also... In later, in like whatever, I don't know if in this one, but in later revisions of the uh, of the score uh, or the the show, um, humans have killed his wife. 
which I was yes. like, damn, that's dark. Why would you add that? Yeah. Like, just he just doesn't like him. It's fine. Like, whatever. Um, okay. Um, Ariel rushes off distraught, and King Triton assigns Sebastian to watch over Ariel to make sure she doesn't get into trouble. She sits alone in her grotto, which contains her collection of human things, and imagines living in the human world, part of your world. So there she sings, is. like, the iconic uh, Little Mermaid song. Yeah, and they changed the end of it, and it's much more exciting at the end. Sure. Love it. Uh, Ariel and Flounder meet Scuttle at the surface to see Prince Eric's ship up close. Uh, again, this is another cool thing where the ship comes down, it flies in, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then they still have the, like, whatever they're using to for, like, water, and they're kind of moving back and forth, and it looks like the ship is sitting in water while they, like, swim around it. That's it's kind of cool. cool. That's sweet. Um, Ariel and Flounder meet Scuttle at the surface to see Prince Eric's ship up close. On board, Grimsby tells Eric that he must find a bride and take his place as king. Oh. A storm suddenly hits and Eric is tossed overboard. So this is very when cool. That happens. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. This is actually pretty freaking cool. So one, they do a good job with like lighting and stuff to create a storm and they do like lightning hits and everything. Yeah. And then what is awesome is as they like someone yells, Overboard, Prince Eric, the ship flies out, and then a person on some kind of like surely some kind of fly floats down but like in silhouette so it looks like he's floating like sinking oh, in the water it's very cool. Really cool as the ship like flies out so now it looks like he's just underwater and whatever lighting effect they're doing makes it like you know it's like, like, like shimmery water kind mm. of effect yep. but it's just this black silhouette like struggling and like floating down with his feet kicking and he's upside down and then you see the little mermaid and then you see her like push him and then you see him start to kick like he's swimming like it genuinely cool. looks like he's swimming up to the surface and then he appears on stage with her like on the shore as though you know like just in the movie Amazing. it's very cool um that's, really that's what i'm saying like there were a lot of challenges. Like, let's be real, all Beauty and Beast don't have to figure out anything like that. So, no, I guess it's like transformation or whatever. Giant ass pot on stage, and Correct. somehow we're all supposed to believe that a teapot is that big. That um, sure scale. We'll, we'll go there another like, day. Sure, it's terrifying. So <laughs> the scale is um, so scary. Sure. But you know what I mean, though. Like that is the thing where, like, to their credit, it was a cool. It's a cool effect. Yeah. And now, you let's be real. Now they would do it with screens, yes. and you would never have to worry about anything. But this was like more of a practical. You know, they had to do it practically. So I think that's cool. I was. Well, I was. I always enjoy a practical effect more than I do, like, screens and stuff. And we yeah. can have that debate Well, I was going to say the same thing. Like, I, at this point in my life, believe that screens are a huge cop-out. And sure. make something cool with practical effects or don't do it. Um, That's how I feel. I think there's a medium, like... I think there's a little bit of both. So, like, Anastasia uses screens pretty in a cool way, but mm-hmm. still has practical like pieces on stage with it so i think if you combine them yeah but otherwise no i think it's dumb i I just like i have that weird screen experience where i saw jekyll and hyde and it was like a whole thing so uh well lay miz uses one now like where it used to be he'd go in the catacombs and it was cool lighting and like um cool gobles and stuff and now it's just a screen where he like walks in front of it and the screen looks like it's moving and you're like Uh, "Hmm, okay if i wanted to go see a movie i'd go see a movie i mean kind of um okay so sorry no no tangent um Um, So Ariel saves Eric from drowning and drags him to shore. She realizes that she isn't falling in love with him and vows to find a way to be with him. Part of your world reprise. I mean, listen, I exclusively fall in love with people without having any interaction with them at all. So I get it. Bro, this is a child story. (laughs) Relax. 
<laughs> this is always like uh, my she's also a show. mermaid bud like not for nothing <laughs> this is how the mermaids do it uh <laughs> uh okay so <laughs> that's not true and uh listeners just in case because i got some students that'd be like is that real miss newer sure no, here no, we go not. um so after ariel returns home her behavior makes her sisters and flounders suspect that she has fallen in love in a song called she's in love which is maybe my favorite from uh, the show that's it's a, a great song banger. i it do is love, a banger. love it's this a good song bop. yeah here's the thing fun the creepy part though so in oh. this in the original version when flounder is still like a child it's just as he's like she doesn't spend time with me anymore i miss her i miss my best friend yep when they age him up to a teenager he's like why is she in love with someone else and it's weird yep. it's weird really it weird. makes it weird i don't like it no. um Agreed. it's gross at um, some point again there's that boner joke that i think we've already passed that is like it, sure uncomfortable sure. it's a weird time in which i was like what a Ugh. weird change to make um but anyway, that song's a bop. Listen to it. It's great. Um, on land, Eric is determined to find the woman who saved his life, but the only clue he has is her voice. And he sings that song. Which is like a real bummer, because if you know what happens later... Sure. Sad time. Uh, Sebastian... Spoilers to this, I guess. Um, <laughs> Sebastian reveals King Triton... Uh, reveals to King Triton that Ariel has saved a human. And it's just like in the movie where, like, King Triton essentially bullies Sebastian. Or Sebastian accidentally says it and whatever. Yeah. Um, Triton angrily confronts her about it. The world above reprise uncovers her grotto and uses his trident to destroy Ariel's human collection. I love all the internet jokes about how Ariel's, like, just a fucking hoarder. Which, cause sure. Because it's just pretty true. Sure. <laughs> like, she is a hoarder. Well, she's curious. Um, curious hoarder. Uh, after the king leaves, Sebastian tries to comfort Ariel by pointing out the wonders of the undersea world in Under the Sea, Under which is arguably maybe the next best known song from one Probably, of the best. yeah. Here's a, I love this version, especially sure, the too. recording with Titus Burgess. Yes, yeah, it's really is good. So, so good. the cool thing about this staging, because obviously in the if you know the movie, like the the fish and stuff play all the things. Yeah. So they bring people out, and it's like these huge elaborate costumes. But then they also have people on wires, like, going back and forth, and it looks like fish. Sweet. Like, so that it's not just, like, people on stage one level. It's, like, people are, like, at several different levels going back and forth. But however their costumes are, or however they're harnessed up, it looks genuinely like fish swimming. It's, it's impressive. for Especially for this song that, like... Part of my memory of that song in the, like, animated movie is it's, like, very colorful. It's, like, very animate, like, very every chaotic. Everything's going on. A lot of cuts. That's yep. the thing is, like, a lot of quick sure. cuts. So, like, you're, like, how do you cre- recreate yep. that energy and that, like, pacing on stage? That's sure, they do a good it. job. Yeah. Um. So they sing Under the Sea, but Ariel is disappointed with him for reporting her to her father and sneaks off with Flounder during the song. Uh, once she is away, she is stopped by Flotsam and Jetsam, who sweet talk her into seeking help from Ursula in the song called Sweet Child. It's a funny comedic. They're, mm-hmm. they're the comedy of the show. Yeah, they're fun. Uh, Ariel goes to meet Ursula, who presents a deal. Ariel will be turned into a human for three days, during which she has to win a kiss of her true... Of, sorry. Yeah. During which she has to win the kiss of true love from Eric. If she does, she will be human permanently. If not, her soul will belong to Ursula. Uh, in exchange, Ariel must give up her voice, which will stay in Ursula's magic nautilus shell, uh, and its poor unfortunate souls. Arguably another banger. Well, and I love, 
I mean, the recording with Cherry Renee Scott. Is sure, like, she kills it. It's just amazing. It's really good. It's so good. And this is one of my favorite, I think, Disney songs of all time is this song. Yeah. Um, I actually gave my eighth grade choir a, a villain's medley. Yeah. And I will just go to like, it's page 10 and it's Four Unfortunate Souls and I'll just like play the beginning of sure. it. And they're like, yes, here we go. Because um, we love it. Well, in a way where this is like, it's a pretty tasty number and yes, for a for a villain and also just for like a belty lady. Mm-hmm. Like it's a fun song to sing to. It's so fun. Um Ariel signs the agreement and sings into the shell after she is transformed into a human and sw- afterwards she transforms into a human and swims to the surface again in another cool thing where she is like on wires going up and, and like you see the tail, tail comes off right yeah, yeah yeah and then you see her kick like it's the tail like flopping back and forth and then legs emerge yeah and then she goes up into the cats um <laughs> she's gone forever she's gone forever yeah. and that is the end of act one that's cool um sure like i said a, a pretty like technically all the things we know and love potentially the only difference like i don't think there's like a giant ass I, they kind of use a cauldron but like she sings into this big ass shell yeah and that's what like captures her voice and we don't see any of the like wasted you know the little wasted humans that are oh in the yeah, animated. yeah yeah how do they do the shell uh it's literally just a like a, like a big fabricated shell. shell. Okay. Yeah. I actually worked on a production of this where, I mean, it was like a, a local theater that had like so many people in the production, but the shell was like a little kid and it was really oh, sure, that's cute. cute. Sure. <laughs> it was very cute. Um, okay. Act two. Sebastian and Flounder bring Ariel, newly human, to the shore because remember, folks, she can't walk. You know. Uh, Scuttle and the seagulls give her a pep talk to raise her spirits and help her get used to her new legs. Positivity. Sure, I don't like that song. Sure, this I is. A, I, I just like was it. about to say <laughs> this is a classic example of shoehorning in some more music for a show that doesn't have enough, yeah. and giving Scuttle a song. Um, who already has a song in the beginning? I'm going to tell you, this is a song of dumb. I don't like, and it's a tap either. number, which is also dumb. Yeah. Um, it makes no sense, and it's dumb. I've seen it performed very well a lot of times, like sure. a lot of times, but, yeah, but it's still I not don't a, care for the song itself. Um, it's dumb. Yeah. Eric arrives, but when Ariel tries to talk to him, she cannot speak. Which, like, girl, duh, you gave up your voice. Um, Why did you try? Like, you sure. knew this was part of it. Did you, like, also f- lose your memory? There's, like, like, a little bit of comedy here where she, like, tries to pantomime and he's like, I'm dumb. sorry, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. Eric brings Ariel back to his palace where Carlotta, the headmistress, and the maids bathe and dress Ariel. So that's the Carlotta character that eventually goes away. Oh, yeah. Sad. Which is kind of sad because you all... It's it's a nicer transition to have someone be like, yeah, oh, hello, young girl, and yeah, also and, and they do buddy up for a woman. Oh, correct. Well, and know. they do buddy up. Like you see it later in the show. Um, Ariel is fascinated by the human world, while the maids wonder why Eric has brought such a girl to the palace. She sings "Beyond My Wildest Dreams," so even though she can't speak. She gets to sing this song, which is, like, her inner monologue. Yeah. While she, like, takes a bath, and they put in a big, like, bubble bath and whatever. Yeah. Um, candidly, Sierra Bagus, and I guess whoever plays Ariel, spends a lot of time partially naked in this show. <laughs> like that's the not first, what I thought you were going to say, sure, but that's the funny. first two-thirds of the show, she's in, like, some seashells, and then she's in a towel, and yeah. that is it, man. Well, um, so I... go for you, whoever, <laughs> when you play this part. I uh, was talking to one of my friends that did this role um locally and she was like honestly after act one is over like pretty great no lines sure couple songs sure that's it that's like, true <laughs> amazing uh, no a lot just a lot of blocking yeah um 
Okay, that night, Chef Louis cooks dinner for Ariel Grimsby and Eric and almost cooks Sebastian for the grand finale, Les, Paisons, Les Poissons. Les Poissons. Thank you. Um, hey, 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 ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. It's a funny song. It is funny. I love this song. <laughs> I think it's very funny. If you have the right person playing it, it's, like, pretty hilarious. Uh, in a way where a second act loves to have serious stuff and then, like, one funny song, this God, is this it. One, <laughs> this this is it. Going. Well, there are more funny stuff right or is this no, the only kinda, one no it kind of gets heavy after this well the contest is anyway oh it doesn't matter but yeah you're right it does get kind of heavy Le Poisson is like a yeah it's a good it's a good time it's a very and then and it's the classic thing from the movie where like Sebastian is chased around the dinner mm-hmm. and Ariel tries to like save him and then he ends up on the thing uh and it's done very well so ha 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 um, there's a reprise immediately after. There is. There is. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Eric and Ariel spend time together during which Eric teaches her to dance in a song called One Step Closer. Here's my problem with this song. Um, I don't remember it that well. Well, it's here's the thing. It's one of those things where he teaches her how to dance and then the lyrics are like, you don't even have to know somebody like dancing with somebody is knowing that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. But right to up. me, that's what Kiss the Girl is. Like, yeah. that, you know, like whatever, ramping up that like tension. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a weird one to put in there where you're like, oh, again, they just needed another song. Well, I will say to you, like, uh, uh, Ariel does a lot of heavy lifting in the first act. Sure. Eric tons of heavy sure. lifting in the second he act. He does. Um, but like I said, this one to me is like, well, now they have just two songs where they're like getting closer, which, and, uh, you know, if the argument is, well, she fell in love with him and they barely, she didn't even talk to him and then they're in love. This is like another song that helps that plot point along. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate, I don't hate the idea of having a couple of moments where yeah. they, we see their relationship progress, um, especially because the the one time we see them in the movie is like in the boat where they sure. kiss the girl. I don't know. Um, I don't hate it, but I don't like it. Well, it's, it's like, like but it's weirdly unnecessary. Um, I agree. Meanwhile, Ursula is anxiously awaiting for the three days to end and sends Flotsam and Jetsam to hurry things along. I want the good times back reprise. After a tour of the kingdom, Eric takes Ariel on a quiet boat ride through a lagoon. Sebastian and Scuttle watch anxiously and try to recreate a romantic atmosphere for Eric to kiss Ariel. Kiss the girl. This one is like the other banger. Like I I said, this this song. Listen, this show slash movie, a million good songs. The music is just excellent. I agree. Good job, Um, Alan Menken. And they do the same thing where it's like a cool thing where they kind of recreate that same atmosphere the boat moves on its own that's you know all the cool tech stuff yeah um as they're about to kiss flotsam and jetsam give the boat an electric shock scare the animals away and swim away gloating sweet child reprise rude um so in the movie i think they flip the boat but obviously here they cannot do that oh, so they shock yeah, yeah, yeah they do flip it in the movie as the second day ends ariel wishes she had more time and could tell eric everything Triton worries about where his daughter has gone and vows to change if she were to return. Sebastian is concerned that Ariel's time as a human is almost up, and Eric still dreams of finding the girl who saved him, even though he does not want to lose Ariel, if only quartet. We love a quartet. Here's the thing. It's a nice quartet. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. nice. Um, in a way where you maybe don't expect it, and this one feels nice because it is... It's like a, that weird thing in shows where it's a catch up with everybody. So mm-hmm. you're, because you let's be real, you kind of forgot about King Triton. He hasn't been in it in a minute. Um, <laughs> Xenophobic. Sure, where he's you. just down below being like, where's my lady? Human suck. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, a, it, it, I like it. Um, to me, it's it's a good quartet. If you're looking for a quartet out there, this one's a good one. Excellent. Uh, Sebastian returns to the sea and tells an angry King Triton about Ariel's deal with Ursula. 
On Ariel's last day as a human, Grimsby has arranged for a contest for all foreign princesses to sing for Eric so he may choose one for his bride called the contest. This is another funny... I guess like, it bit. is because all the girls they're come and sing and they're terrible. bad. Yeah. <laughs> they're all um, awful and it's hilarious. Eric isn't interested in any of them and Ariel asks to participate dancing for him. Sure. Right. We get it. Back to that. Sure. It's, um, that's a very nice little callback. But is. when you say it like that, you're like, what did she... What? Sure. What kind of dancing? <laughs> what kind of dancing sure. are we talking about? Uh, Eric picks her, but before they can embrace, Ursula appears declaring that the sun has set and Ariel now belongs to her. Uh, Flotsam and Jetsam grab Ariel to take her back to the sea. So, uh, clearly different from the movie. In the movie, Ursula transforms herself into a hot girl and uses Ariel's voice, and Eric gets, like, hypnotized. Um, They do not do that in this. It just simply is her time has run out, and Ursula is, like, on the surface and is like, come with me! Ta-da! Correct. Um, King Triton arrives to confront his sister, agreeing to take Ariel's place. Ursula claims the trident and declares herself queen, poor unfortunate soul's reprise she banishes triton with a wave of the trident wow uh during a battle with eric's ship uh er okay so this is where we start to change so what's kind of cool is all of this is happening blah 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 Mm -hmm. and then the ship lowers down and they have like tent her like like tentacles she's like on a rig and then from behind her the tentacles grow out over the ship oh Sweet. So it's not because obviously in the That's movie she like cool. becomes ginormous. If you she recall, does gr- yeah, she becomes like the crap out of me as correct. Oh, it is scary. It's very scary. Um, but like they practically cannot do that. So no. it's cool though. The ten- her tentacles like grow out, and you can. It's kind of a little bit in like a uh, silhouette, but you see the tentacles like overtake the ship. Sweet. Um, so uh, while this is happening, Ariel grabs Ursula's Nautilus shell and regains her voice, which causes a horrified Flotsam and Jetsam to swim away. What a Sure. Dumb point. Skittish. Sure, they leave. <laughs> um, Ursula begs Ariel to return the shell to her as her power is contained within it and even tries to sweet talk her into doing it, saying she can turn her human again and reunite her with her prince. Um, I think earlier in the show it's referenced that all her power is in there. And so when this is happening, uh, she's like, don't believe your dad that her, my power is in there. He's a liar. And Aww. she like goes back and forth. Um, Ariel is torn but ultimately destroys the shell just in time which destroys Ursula and restores King Triton to his throne and daughter. Uh, the thing about it is, like, in the movie, it's scary because... Sure, the movie is scary. It's um, really She scary turns into this end. giant, like, sea monster, basically, and then, like, all the old shipwrecked ships come to the surface, and Eric jumps on one of those and then essentially stabs her through the stomach with one. Yes. Yes. Sure. It's terrifying. It's pretty violent, like, yes. when you think about it. So, uh, spoilers, they don't do that on stage. No. <laughs> Instead, they just break her shell, and I guess she dies, but... Doesn't say. But, like, you know, like, oh, do you know what it is? Yeah, she, like, shrivels away, so then it's just her, like, tentacles or something. Like, it's like that. Oh, uh, cool. Uh, cool. Eric and Ariel are united on the beach, and Eric asks King Triton for his blessing to marry her. King Triton says that it is Ariel's place to answer, and she accepts Eric's proposal. King Triton then says goodbye to his daughter, if only reprise. In honor of his daughter, Triton declares peace between the humans and merfolk. Ariel and Eric are married and this and sail away on a ship finale. Sure. That moment where like the humans were like, I'm sorry, were we not at peace? No, <laughs> I just was gonna say that where he's like, I declare peace and they're like What? Were we not? Oh my god. I'm sorry. Sure. I know. I thought that too when I read it. Um, where they're just humans are like, did you even know these people existed? I thought it was a myth, right? Well, and it's funny because in the finale, as they're singing it, 
um, Eric and Ariel come out and they like exchange rings and then they go back off stage so they can get on the rig to come down like Does for he it to fly his in. Tail off at any nope, point? he doesn't. <laughs> um, but it's funny because then humans dance with mer people. What? And you're okay. like, <laughs> okay, sure. So, and then they get on the ship and they end the sh- they and Eric and Ariel end on the ship and then curtain. Um, sure. so it's obviously it's fine, but it's just like one of those things where um, <laughs> they're like, I'm sorry, oh, we're our bad, I guess. Correct. Um, oh, here you go, bud. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. What are we? No, I thought maybe it was going to be a, a thing. Um for you it says differences from the film the musical depicts ursula as king triton's sister a concept that was included in an earlier vision of the film but did not make the final product um well then i was thinking about it and i wonder if before the film was written where they was there a debate about whether she was sure. like his sibling or his like ex or sure, whatever and then like the film just didn't address it at all i, I think that might be it i don't know I read oh. A lot of words, so. oh in the reinvented version of the musical oh no Ursula and Triton have multiple older sisters who were all killed by Ursula out of jealousy. Yes. That is the one that I think sure. is, is the... I've done it. Or oh, like, yeah. worked on when it. When Ursula becomes the ruler of the Seven Seas, Triton overthrew her and became king, which is why she wants revenge. Yeah. Sure. The magical Nautilus shell was a gift from Ursula from Poseidon uh, to ease his guilt because he didn't give her as much attention as other his other daughters. Yeah. Yeah, sure. it's like a That's weird crazy. thing where, like... Uh, her experience mirrors Ariel's in a little like yeah. a weird way because uh, she also had siblings, but I think because Ariel is like the favorite sister, Correct. she hates her the most, and it's like a whole deal. Sure. So, which let's be real, children show not no time for that. There, <laughs> nope. Like that's honestly, no. Yeah. Okay. So uh, as I said before, uh, lots of people in this show that we like know. Yeah. Uh, Sierra Bagus, of course, uh, originated Ariel, and it was really her. Like I said, her Broadway debut. Um, but just really like. Um, imagine, I imagine, and she has said in interviews, like, a pretty big deal to be, like, the lead of a Disney show. Yeah. Especially after, like, the success of the previous ones. Um, Sean Palmer was Prince Eric. I've said all these people. It's a, it's a cast that's, it's pretty well known. Um, and like I said, it was, it was, it was pretty, you know, the audience response was good. Critics gave it, um, uh, you know, uh, mixed responses. Um, Ben Brantley of the New York Times, our favorite, was <laughs> especially critical, saying the charm-free musical is stripped of the movie's generation-crossing appeal. Coherence of plot, endearing quirks of character, even the melodious wit of the original score, supplemented by new substandard songs, oh. have been swallowed by an unfocused spectacle. Wow. That's harsh. Sure. That's a great, great time. Um, it was nominated for a bunch of Tonys. Uh, no, just kidding. Two. Just a couple. Just two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best original score and lighting design, which here's the thing. Lighting design, I agree, because it, yeah, it's pretty cool, cool looking. Uh, Drama Desk, uh, Sierra Bagus was nominated along with set design and lighting again. And honestly, maybe should have won for some technical stuff. Like, it was pretty yeah. cool. Um, so, you know, Disney like. Disney money, man. Sure, Disney money. So, one of those rare times, and I, I think there's some other Disney shows that potentially fall into this maybe like a Tarzan or something like that. But like there is something to be said about these juggernauts of Disney shows. Like I said, Lion King still on Broadway, still touring. Uh, Beauty and the Beast had a home in Toronto for many years and also comes in and out of retirement every once in a while. Aladdin is going strong on Broadway. Um, You know, just it is 
there is some kind of magical thing to it that lends itself well, potentially better than other like sta- you know screen to stage. Yeah, um, I agree with that. that is just and also obviously the appeal for families. It's a they're all family safe. You you know you can take a little kid to it and you're not going to be like oh horrified at what they sure heard. where you're yeah. like what is this? Um, and like I said for her, really she I believe she stayed the entire run. Um, and really probably kicked off that her career and I believe then, you know, opened the doors for Christine and Phantom and yeah. obviously her relationship with Andrew Lloyd Webber. I mean, honestly, what a resume item yeah. to be like, in case you wondered, my I was Broadway the original debut. Ariel as Broadway. my Broadway debut. And that was the first thing I did. Okay. Sure. She's like, didn't do a course, was never in an ensemble, but thanks. Okay. Um, also, I no. know how to ice skate, so okay. Well, and here's the thing, though. When you listen to it, she sounds like Ariel. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, it's, she's it's, very good. She did a very good job and looks and embodies that part in such a good way. Um, and like I said, it's it's impressive. If As always, we do not, disclaimer, we do not endorse bootlegs, but there is a bootleg of this uh, from Denver, like the out-of-town tryout. And it is worth kind of watching, and it's, it's old, y'all, but it is kind of worth watching just to see some of the technical things they do, yeah. because it is cool. Like, they do a good job with that. So, uh, if you have the chance, I encourage you to do it. Uh, again, we do not endorse bootlegs. Yep. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's a fun show, and like I said, I... Uh, it's classic music that is good with these amazing Broadway people singing it and good, you know, if you go listen to the original Disney animated score. Um, yeah. The music stands up for sure. It's sure. Uh, it is fun. Um, oh, do you know what I realized? We did not do a scale on the last one, so that's my bad. It's uh, okay. We uh, actually didn't do one on um, the School of, Rock. School of Rock either. Yeah, we did. Just... We did guitar solos. Oh, and we didn't do it on one of the other ones, and I was like, no, that's okay. Well, okay. On a, so on a scale of... Um, zero sisters or seven sisters. Is that? I think that's right. Sure. Um, what what would you give this? Um, I am going to go five and a half because I like the music. Sure. I like some of the new music. I don't like some of the new music. Yep, I agree um, with that. And I think the Healy thing was weird, so I didn't care for that part of it. Um, and I have you know I've worked on it, and I I think it's fun. So yeah, I like a solid five and a half. I I live somewhere there as well, where that you cannot fight the good music that came from the source material. Yeah. Um, you know I think that's part of it. I think it's disnified in a way though, where shows like this benefit from having eleven billion dollars behind it. Yeah. I don't know if you do the show without a budget and a tech. You know, you do. I mean, of course you, you do, but think it's schools love it, but it's not do. approachable. The, the thing that sucks about it is that like kids will want to participate in a show like this, but it is not approachable for like a, a local theater unless yeah. you have Disney money, which none of us do. Well, and the thing about Disney shows, and I, this is one of the reasons why I've stayed away is you have to costume people yeah. as you, like you can't do Ariel and be like, well, she's blonde. Like you, she has Gotta to have that, that like red, red old hair. Yeah. You can't do beauty and the beast and be like, well, Belle's big dress is not going to be yellow. It's going to be purple. Yeah. Like you have to, <laughs> like you have to costume. You have pigeonholed. And you do. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, that's a, one of the reasons why I stay away a little because unless you have that costume, that sweet, sweet costume money, you're like, mm. Yeah. Um, That's I, so yeah, I, I live with you. I'm a five and a half or a six just for source material and music. Um, you know, I don't love all the new songs. Like I said, it, it's a very obvious thing. And this is like one of the downfalls I think of adapting some of these shows is like not enough music. So then they're like, well, 
just write like three more songs and you're like mm, okay they make no sense yeah. there's a reason why they didn't exist in the first one well i thought in like we're talking about adaptions like beauty and the beast it's yeah. weird that Belle never had her own song sure so that so makes so like that's three three <laughs> which by the way that's fine and, and it they're makes good sense. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well and they make sense in context to the show where you're like oh okay and yeah. the same thing with this show eric doesn't sing in the original and so you gotta give him something to do um yeah. same thing king triton doesn't sing so it it all makes sense but it's like well okay uh, scuttle probably didn't need a song you know whatever no. uh didn't need two songs um all right well i think we did it uh yeah. i'm gonna say exit stage left pursued by eric's ponytail why are you like this <laughs> <laughs>